This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, August 30th, 2015. Classic Hits 2, Jesus is Just Alright. Good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, we thank you so much for today, for being able to worship you freely, for being able to connect with you and one another. Settle us in, open our hearts, remove distractions, so that we can have some laser focus now on what you would intend for each one of us to receive. And I know that it would be as different as everybody in the room. So thank you for being able to breathe into our lives in so many different ways. We give this time to you in Jesus' name. And everybody gathered said, Amen. Amen. So our fifth and final classic hit, as you just heard, Jesus is just all right. Originally a gospel song written by Arthur Reed Reynolds and recorded by Art Reynolds Singers back in 1966. Since then, it's been recorded by many groups, including The Birds, The Ventures, Christian rap group, DC Talk. <laughs> I knew, I, I had a, in my spirit, I knew that was coming. <laughs> and, and an early Christian heavy metal group known as Striper. And recently, recently that uh, has been recorded uh, by a group that included guest artist Eric Clapton. Uh, but the best known addition was the 1972 uh, version from the Doobie Brothers, which reached number 35. It's hard to believe it only reached 35 on the Billboard Hot 100. Jesus is just all right. All right. Well, according to Wikipedia, all right is this slang term, you know, all right, or I don't know what they, all right. Okay, I want to make sure you got them both in there from, from first service there. Yeah. <laughs> All Right was made popular in the 1960s, and it was a way to describe something that was cool or very good. And so Jesus is cool or very good. <laughs> well, you know, our, our kids are dying over here, by the way. Well, I didn't realize we were doing science. This, everybody, let me see cool. <laughs> <laughs> I sat on the beach for five days this week, so I'm feeling really good. So buckle up, because we're <laughs> ready here. All right, so Jesus is very good. Uh, can I get an amen on that? Yeah, there's no question. Amen. No question about that. But here's the question. Is Jesus just all right? Is Jesus just all right as the lyrics in the song go? I don't care what they may say or do, what they may know or where they'll go. Jesus is just all right. He's my friend. He took me by the hand, led me far from this land. Jesus is just all right. Kind of reminds us of a song a couple weeks ago when we said, you've got a friend, and we referred to Jesus as the friend. And that's a good thing to remember, that no matter what else happens, that we've got a friend in Jesus, that no matter what, ha what people may say or do, that Jesus is just all right, that he can take me by the hand and lead me from where I am and all this is true, and all this is real, and all this is good. It's, it's very good, but, but the real question comes back to this. Is that all Jesus is? 
Is he just a friend? Is he just all right with me? Just all right with us? Or is there more? When we get down to the very bottom line, the question becomes this. Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Just all right? A friend? A great example? A wonderful teacher? A man of miracles? A moral giant? C.S. Lewis, you may have, uh, you, you may be familiar with him. He's a British theologian. He lived during the um, first half of the 20th century. He considered this question, who is Jesus, in his book called Mere Christianity. He wrote this, he said, I'm trying here to prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him, Jesus. I'm ready to accept, this is what people say, I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. Lewis says that is the one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level with a man who says he is a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the Son of God, or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool, you can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God, but let us not come away with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. And so we would agree with C.S. Lewis that we cannot patronize Jesus by saying he is merely a great moral teacher. And we would not want to limit who he is by saying he's just all right. Here's the thing. Jesus told us who he is. Jesus has told us who he is, so it's our choice. We either believe it or we don't. We believe what he tells us in the Bible or we don't. And so it boils down to four things. Jesus is either a liar, a lunatic, a legend, or he is, as he told us. Jesus is Lord. So inside of your program this morning, on the left-hand side, there's a place called Notes, and there's four fill-in-the-blank lines. There's a pen right in front of you. And we would suggest that you fill in uh, as we speak today. Absolutely. Liar, tick, excuse me, liar, lunatic, legend, or Lord. First L is liar. Liar. In the eighth chapter of the book of Mark, second part of the Bible, New Testament, Jesus asks his closest followers, the disciples, he says, who do people say I am? And they, the disciples, reply, well, some say John the Baptist. And others say Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Peter, one of his closest friends, one of his closest followers, traveled with him for three years. Peter answered, you are the, say it with me, Messiah. Messiah. 
And then Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him. In the Bible, in the book of John, which is in the second half of the Bible, one of the Gospels, in chapter 14, Jesus is talking to the disciples and preparing them for when he'll be leaving them, leaving the earth, to go be with his Father in heaven. He's trying to comfort them. And he tells them that he, Jesus, is the way, is the truth, and Jesus is life, that no one comes to the Father except through him, through Jesus, and that if they know him, they will know his Father. They will know God as well. Well, Philip, one of the disciples, said to show him said to him to show him the Father, and that would be enough. And Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you for such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. And so Jesus makes it quite clear here that if the disciples who've been traveling close with him, they, they've lived with him, they've eaten with him, they've talked with him, if they have seen the Son, if they've seen Jesus, then they've seen the Father, God the Father that the Father is living in him, the Son, and he, Jesus, is in fact the Son of God. At the end of Jesus' life, when he was arrested, he was brought before the Sanhedrin, that's the Jewish Supreme Court, <clears throat> and Jesus was questioned, and he was questioned in front of a lot of people. There were many who brought false testimony against Jesus. Mark chapter 14, beginning at verse 61, but Jesus remained silent and gave no answer. Again, the high priest asked him, are you the Messiah, the son of the blessed one? I am, said Jesus, and you will see the son of man sitting at the right hand of the mighty one and coming on the clouds of heaven. The high priest tore his clothes. Why do we need any more witnesses, he asked. You have heard the blasphemy. What do you think? They all condemned, condemned him as worthy of death. And so when he was asked directly if he is the son of the blessed one, the son of God, Jesus says, yes, he is. Blasphemy is the act of insulting or showing contempt or a lack of reverence for God. The religious leaders thought Jesus was blasphemous when he claimed to be the Son of God. Blasphemy was punishable by death, which is exactly what Jesus received. So Jesus doesn't claim to be a great moral teacher, although he is. 
He doesn't claim to be a gifted prophet, although he is one. He doesn't claim to be a miracle man, although we know that he had performed many, many miracles and continues to do so today. He claims to be the Son of God, the Messiah. And to say that he is anything less than that, then is to say that Jesus is a liar. If not a liar, he must be a lunatic. That's your second L, by the way, lunatic. Lunatic. If you heard someone today claiming to be the Son of God and truly believing it, what would you think? You'd think they were a nutcase, wouldn't you? In fact, if they say it too much and too often, too often, too many locales, we, we put them, we separate them from the rest of society, don't we? Because they're kind of scary, because they're making claims that are, we would think, well, crazy. And in our world, the consequences for claim, making that claim aren't nearly what they were back then. Back then, claiming to be the Son of God had very serious repercussions. Look at what happened to Jesus. Who in their right mind would claim to be God, knowing that this claim would result in being arrested, ridiculed, beaten brutally, and hung on a cross for grueling hours to ultimately suffocate, one of the cruelest types of execution humankind has ever developed? One would have to literally be out of one's mind to willingly go through with this if, in fact, they were not the Son of God. One would have to be a complete lunatic to allow themselves to be so abused physically, emotionally, psychologically in order to claim to be the Son of God, the Messiah, unless that person really was. No one in their right mind would have taken that punishment for something other than the truth. On the other hand, there's another possibility. Instead of Jesus being a liar or a lunatic, perhaps Jesus is a legend. A legend. Yeah, that's the third L in your program. You know, a legend is a person that's bigger than life, whose credentials get exaggerated, over time, almost romanticized over time. An example of a legend would be Wyatt Earp. Who's heard of Wyatt Earp? Yeah, okay. So, you know, what happened to him, he was a well-known lawman of the wild, wild west whose story got bigger and bigger over time. Wyatt Earp's an example of a legend. Perhaps this is what happened to Jesus. Perhaps the story got bigger than he actually was. Perhaps he wasn't a liar or a lunatic, but such a great teacher and prophet that following his death, the stories about him just grew and grew, where he ultimately then became, in the stories, a god. The trouble with this suggestion is that it's tough to back it up. Generally, it takes time to become a legend. The stories need to grow and to percolate and to be told over and over and over again and thereby grow and grow and grow with each telling. Reminds me of my granny telling a story to us when I was a kid. And every time she told it, her daughter, my mother, would say, you know, her stories get better every time she tells them. 
Maybe you had a granny like that or somebody else in your family or friend who, you know, those stories got a little further from what actually happened each time they were told, and that's the way legends get built. So the challenge with this explanation for the Jesus story is that generally, as we said, it takes time for legends to build, for stories to exaggerate. And the more time between the story, the occurrence and the writing, the more the legend has been built. Check out, oh, in the case of Jesus, though, there was not a lot of time between Jesus' life and the stories that were written, the truth that was written. Check out a posting that we found online from Beyond Faith Ministry. Books of the Bible in the first church began to form within a handful of years after Jesus' death. Yes, I did say handful, not decades or centuries. There's great time evidence that shows some of the first letters that became the Gospels beginning to surface in churches and gatherings within three to five years after the crucifixion. The actual Gospels were written in the decades to follow as the disciples traveled to spread the word. Even in those decades, the people who knew Jesus and even those enemies of Jesus would have boldly stood up and debunked any legendary aspects of the Gospels. So this online posting goes on to uh, compare this to an authoritative biography of Alexander the Great that was written 500 years after his death. And this biography is considered to be 100% accurate. 100% accurate. It's interesting for many people that it's easier to accept a book written 500 years later as 100% accurate than it is to accept the biblical accounts of Jesus that was written just a short time after Jesus' life. Legends take time. And with the Jesus stories, there was not a lot of time between the happening and the writing. Liar, lunatic, legend, fourth L is Lord. If Jesus is not a liar, lunatic, or a legend, then Jesus is Lord. Consider this. Historical evidence shows that the majority of Jesus' disciples uh, brutally lost their lives. Several were crucified. And in all these cases, they, they lost their lives because they would not denounce Jesus as Lord, as their Lord and Savior. Several were crucified. One was stoned to death. Another was cut with a sword. Another killed when he was thrust through with a spear, all rather gruesome. These men, they knew Jesus. They'd lived with him. They'd walked with him, talked with him, ate with him, watched him up close and personal. They'd given up their lives long before they were killed, given up their lives to Christ long before their physical lives were taken. They knew he wasn't a liar. And they knew he wasn't a lunatic. And they knew he was much, 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 much more than a legend. 
Each of them knew he was their Lord. I wanted to be a nurse ever since I was four years old, and I never wavered from that dream. Even when I entered college and the counselor said, boy, those sciences are pretty tough, and they were, <laughs> uh, I made it through. And even though the nursing boards were challenging, and they were, I persevered because my dream was to be a nurse. And boy, was it a, a great ride. But Jesus called me from nursing to full-time ministry, even though I fought and screamed and fought and screamed for years. I would have never left nursing to preach about, to devote my life to a liar or a lunatic or a legend because Jesus is none of these. Jesus is Lord and Jesus changed my life and he is the Lord of it. Well, I love sales. It was fun. Rewarding. Very rewarding. <laughs> I had planned a lucrative future for our family and a comfortable retirement for Carrie and myself. And boy, it'd be just about time to start that, wouldn't it? <laughs> All the pieces were in place, and it was good. Very good. There's no way I would have given all that up for a liar. There's no way I would have put the financial stability of our family, the well-being of my wife and children at risk for a lunatic. And there's certainly no way I would have done a 180 at age 41 for a mere legend. But Jesus is none of these. You see, Jesus is Lord. He changed my life, and he is Lord of it. We know that many of you, many of you have stories like this about how your lives have been radically changed and transformed because of your realization, your acceptance to choose Jesus Christ as Lord. You would have never allowed uh, your life to change so radically for a liar or a lunatic or a legend. Absolutely not. That's because you allowed Jesus Christ to change your life, to radically change your life. That's because you know that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. That's why we gather here together each week as the body of Christ, to, to celebrate that he is Lord, the Son of the living God. And our mission, the, the whole reason for Connection Community Church to even exist is to connect people with our Lord Jesus and the life that he offers. A, a life of purpose and meaning, a life that reaches out into bro a broken world to share God's love in practical and life-changing ways. A life that is only possible through a personal relationship that Jesus offers to each and every one of us. Liar, lunatic, legend, well, we choose Lord. The question is this, what about you? What about you? Do you choose Jesus as Lord? When we choose Jesus as Lord, that means that Jesus is 
top, number one, that nothing comes above. It means that we surrender, we submit, we, we bow down. We realize that nothing or no one comes before the one who created us, who made us, who loves us enough to give his very life for you and for me. What is your choice? I know I made the choice a long time ago, but actually every day I have to make the choice. So those of, of us who have already made the choice that Jesus is Lord, every day we need to continue to work on that because culture kind of comes in on us and wants to confuse us. And there are so many things that want to take precedence in our lives. People, money, jobs, kids, recreation, and we forget that Jesus is to be the top shelf. Number one, primo, Lord. That's what Lord is. That's who Jesus is. And Jesus wants all of us. Many of us here have accepted that and try our best to live into that. And some of us are still checking it out, trying to figure it out. Jesus, what does that mean? What does that mean to say you're Lord? What do I have to give up for you to be Lord? Actually, when we give up whatever it is that takes precedence over God, we get so much freedom, so much freedom to just be in the presence of God and allow God to direct our ways to instruct us every moment, giving up our, our spouses and having Jesus first, giving up our kids and having Jesus first, giving up our titles and our testimonies and our finance and have Jesus first. That's how we order our lives. That's what God wants. And so we challenge you. Who is Jesus? Liar? Lunatic? Legend? Or is he Lord? Is Jesus just all right? Or is he truly the one who you live and breathe for? We pray that today's the day that you'll make a decision for Jesus as Lord or recommit your life and we encourage you, if there's any question or any nudging, pay attention to that. Pay attention to a nudging that you might feel and go back and talk to Esther or Lori. They're back in this corner. They'd love to pray with you. They'd love to talk to you, whatever it is in your life that you'd like to have prayer over or just a discussion. Our mission at Connection, to connect people with Jesus, who is Lord, and the life he offers. Liar, lunatic, legend? No, Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Mighty God, as we um, finish this, this morning out with you here in this place, let it not just be a, uh, a momentary hour, but a way of life a 24-7 thing where we acknowledge you and, and our position where every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that you are Lord. Help us do that, God. 
right here in our seats, on the steps, back in the prayer corner. Help each one of us just draw a little bit closer to who you are and whose we are. Let it be you, Lord, in our lives. We pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And everybody gathered said, Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.